It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Mojo Sports Show. I am your host, Mr. Mojo, taking you through the world of sports on this chilly fall morning. The Mojo Sports Show is brought to you by Bay Ragney and Totally Driven Entertainment, dedicated in bringing you total entertainment. On today's show, a big show ahead. It's only it's going to be a little short today. It's a two-hour show, but we're going to get a lot in in the two hours. Obviously, it's an NFL football Saturday, and we got all the picks for week four coming up. And I'm also be reviewing week three. TV will not be with us today. He's under the weather. So I got all his picks. I'll announce them on the show as I do mine. But PDV is under the weather, so we hope he feels better soon, and he'll be back next week. But we'll be doing all the week four picks, and we'll be doing a complete week three recap, as well as talk about the Bears Packer game. And we'll spend some time talking about the Giants and the Jets from last week and all that stuff. So it'll be good. We're going we're gonna to get into that probably about, it's a half hour, 40 minutes. We are gonna, we're going to talk a little NBA today. We're going to talk some uh, about the Westbrook five-year, $205 million deal. We're going to get into the Mello trade. As of last week, we ran out of time. We didn't really get to talk about Carmelo getting traded to OKC and Wade to Cleveland. We'll talk about that a little later as well. And we're going to kick off with some baseball. We're going to be talking. Started off, we're going to take a look at the pennant races. There's two days left in the season, so we're going to take a look at the Yankees, obviously, in the wild card. We're going to play Minnesota. This week, in a one-game wild card, to, to see probably who's going to play the Indians, but Houston's only a game behind. Now, the Yankees, we're talking wild card, but the Yankees still have an outside shot at the division. They're two out with two left. So, I mean, Boston loses two, the Yankees win two, and then they would play a one-game playoff. Wouldn't that be crazy for the division? So, as like I said, the Yankees clinched the wild card, but they could still win the division. Boston would have to lose the next two, and the Yankees would have to win the next two. So we're going to get into that. We're going to take a look at all the pennant races, National League, American League, potential matchups, first-round matchups. I'm going to take a look at as well. We're going to talk Mets, Terry Collins. Is these Terry Collins' the last couple of days as Met manager? All signs point towards Mets letting him go probably as early as Monday. So we'll see what happens there. We're going to talk about that a little. 
and we're going to talk, you know, just keep an eye on Stanton. I mean, Mike Stanton, obviously, 59 home runs as he approaches 60. Will he get to 60 in the next two days? We'll see. So what an unbelievable year for Stanton. And Judge, too, as we told her, Judge 51 homers as well, doing a great job as he's found his swing again. He's had, he had a great first half, obviously, Judge. Then he had a big slump. But then you know, he's really found his groove now again as they're heading into the playoffs. So couldn't be a better time for the Yankees. Aaron Judge on a roll right now. But Mike Stanton as well, we're going to talk about will he get 60. I hope he does. It'll be nice to see him hit another one in the next couple of days. He had two the other night to make it 59. And he, I mean, absolute bombs is it. And so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that as well. So we're going to, you know, we have a lot going on. Like I said, we got two hours today. We got to squeeze it all in, and we will squeeze it in. We're going to start off with some baseball just to take a look at the pennant races. Then we're going to get into football and hopefully some basketball later in the show. Also, talk a little college. If we get some time today, I'd like to talk some college football. We'll take a look at last night's games. Obviously, a couple of top 25 games last night Miami beating Duke and Washington State beating USC in an upset in a good game. And I also mind, I would like to talk a little about the college basketball scandal if we get a chance. And obviously, the NHL season starting this week. Next week, we're going to have our NHL preview on next week's show with a special guest, which keep a, keep an eye out for an announcement. We have two guests. Obviously, Mr. Berger, our hockey guy, Gene Cherry, our other hockey guy, will be on. But we're having a special guest on a hold off on the announcement. But we're going to have a spe- we're going to have a special guest on former NHL player on next week for the hockey preview. So that'll be exciting news. So keep an eye eye on that. And uh, so we're going to kick it off. Obviously, now, before, uh, yeah, let's just start with baseball, then I'm going to get into the football stuff. So looking at the pennant race, like I said, the Yankees, two games behind Boston with two games left. Can they catch them? Can they force that one-game playoff? Now, you got to look at it this way. If they force the one-game playoff, what do they do? Do they pitch Severino? I guess you got to pitch Severino in the one game for the division. But if you lose that game, then you got to play a wild card, and you don't have Severino for the wild card. But I think it eased their mind a little that Tanaka pitched so great last night, yesterday with 15 strikeouts, that maybe they don't mind doing that now. But you got to get, listen, Boston has to lose two games, and the Yankees have to win two games for that to happen. So it'll be interesting to see the next couple of days, in the, in, you know, in, in the, with, with those teams, do what happens. Obviously, Cleveland and Houston are battling it out for home field. They ran away with their divisions. And the Twins clinched their wild card the other day. So the Twins are waiting to see if they're going to go to Yankee Stadium or Boston right now. As of now, they're going to Yankee Stadium. They're looking at Irvin Santana versus Luis Severino. Obviously, the Yankees completely own, in my estimation, own the Twins. They have for years. So it's a matchup the Yankees definitely like. But, you know, one game, anything can happen. So... You don't, you know, you don't want to overlook anybody in a situation like that. But you look at it yesterday. So yesterday, like I said, Tanaka, 15 strikeouts. Yankees beat the Blue Jays 4 nothing. Boston lost 3-2 to Houston. So things got tight, right? Things just getting tight. I mean, you look at Boston looked like the other day, like this division was over. Now all of a sudden, two games, two-game lead with two left. They play 1 o'clock today as they try to clinch it. Drew Promenez versus Lance McCullers. And the Yankees at 1 o'clock as well, Marcus Stroman and Jaime Garcia. So 
definitely a tough matchup for the Yankees against Stroman, but the way they're playing right now, that they're beating everybody. So it's going to be interesting. We'll see. Obviously, the Yankees, the Yankee lost to a Red Sox win and the division's over. They could rest guys on Sunday, obviously, if that happened, and get ready for the playoffs. Which I think would be either Tuesday or Wednesday, that wild card. Probably Tuesday, I would think, would be that wild card game. But I think if it's the tie in the division, they would probably play Monday. If they need to get as many games in as probably before the playoffs. So, I mean, most series will start later in the week, National League. And like the Dodgers, I heard yesterday, would play at the Arizona, Colorado one next Friday with Kershaw pitching. So you look at the National League now, too. You have the Nationals, obviously, running. They're playing the Cubs in the first round. That we know. So it's the Cubs Nationals. In Washington, we'll have home field. Great series. Definitely something to look forward to. Bryce Harper obviously came back this week, so it's a big boost for Washington. They just got to hope he finds his rhythm now going into the playoffs because they haven't played in such a long time. So he might, he's trying to shake off the rust this week as he gets ready for the postseason. Then you have Arizona, obviously, waiting to see. It appears they're going to play Colorado, but, again, the Brewers are still alive, two games out with two games left, trying to catch the Rockies. And the Rockies haven't played great lately, and they're playing the Dodgers right now. Obviously, yesterday was a big uh, – the, the Brewers won early in the day. No, the, I'm sorry, the Brewers won. The, the, well, the, the Rockies – beat the Dodgers 9-1, the Brewers beat the Cardinals 5-3, so that sets up today, you know, you look ahead to today and you got the Brewers the, obviously the Brewers and the Cardinals which was start at 4-15 Junior Guerrero versus Luke Weaver at 4-15, and if they can win and put the pressure, if they lose, now the Rockies clinch, but if they win, then they put the pressure on the Rockies tonight with Kershaw against Jeremy Marquez, so if the Brewers can win tonight, you know it's Kershaw the thing is, how many innings is Kershaw going to pitch tonight? That's a big factor, too. But any any combination of a Rocky win or a Brewer loss, and the Rockies are going to Arizona, which is a tough matchup anyway for anybody. But, again, one game, anything could happen. At least one game playoffs, you'll, no matter who you like in a matchup, obviously Granky will be pitching to Arizona. You can't be too confident. You know, you can't be too confident and and then, you know, one game. Because we, as we know, anything can happen in one game. Remember last year with the Mets, obviously, they faced Bumgarner and he threw two-hitter or three-hitter. It's a complete game almost. Pretty much he did all the way and then shut the Mets down. So anything can happen in a one game. So stage is set for today. If, if tomorrow means something in baseball, you have the Astros and the Red Sox, but the tomorrow Colin McKeel versus Chris Sale, so they have Sale in their back pocket for tomorrow if needed. I bet you if Boston clinches today, they don't even pitch Sale tomorrow. And then the Yankees, this would be Brent Anderson versus Jordan Montgomery there. And then the Rockies would face Ross Strickland versus Tyler Chatwood tomorrow. And for the Brewers, who's pitching? The Brewers would have Zach Davies against Carlos Martinez. It's all big games tomorrow. So the season's going to be over probably around 6.30 tomorrow night, the regular season. 6.30, 7 o'clock, you'll know every matchup and what's going on. So exciting time in Major League Baseball. Again, the Yankees, who right now here in New York and New Jersey are the focus of, of you know, because obviously it's where we live, but the Yankees, 4 nothing. 
yesterday. Great bird starting to hit the ball better. Two for two, two RBIs. If you get going, it's a big boost for the Yankees. Aaron Judge, one for three with a ribby. Yesterday, he's up to 284 with 113 RBIs. And then, obviously, Sanchez didn't play yesterday. Didi, two for four. Castro, one for four with a ribby. Aaron Hicks came back the other night, robbed a grand slam. Jumping the fence, a great defensive player. But Tanaka was the story. Seven innings, three hits, 15 strikeouts, no walks, 103 pitches, 68 for strikes. Chapman gets his 21st save. He's really found his groove again. Perfect inning with two strikeouts. So the Yankees right now, they're playing good. They're rolling into the playoffs. We're going to see what happens today. Obviously, a win today and a Boston loss, and things really get interesting tomorrow. And so... As we wait now to see who they're going to play, we just got to keep playing hard and try to tax sports. I'm sure right now the Yankees want the division. They're not thinking wild card right now. They're thinking division. The only thing, like I said, is then you got to change your rotation a little. Obviously, Severino pitches against Boston in a one-game playoff, and then probably Tanaka in a wild card game if they lost that game. Now, if they won that game, they'd have a few days off, but I bet you – Severino still won't be able to start game one. Tanaka will probably have to start game one of a series. But, you know, you're talking about, you don't know who you're playing yet because it's Houston or Cleveland. Either way, it's going to be a tough game for them and Boston. So, it'll be interesting to see. And like I, I was talking about, Boston has Chris Dale in their pocket for tomorrow in case they need him. So, that'll be another thing that could save Boston. Talking about, uh, I mentioned earlier about uh, Stanton. And uh, so Mattingly may move him up to leadoff to get an extra batter to, to so as he pursues 60. So that's interesting. Try to get him a couple extra at-bats. It's probably interesting because they sat him out a couple of times over the last couple of weeks. You know, you probably shouldn't have sat him out. You know, Stanley's leaves the NL in war right now as well. Rendon is second, Bryant's third, Bottles fourth, Blackman's fifth. I like the year Blackman's having. Unbelievable. 100 RBIs from the leadoff spot with all the other numbers he has. Pretty impressive for Charlie Blackman as well. So next week, too, we'll do a, a complete final statistics of all Major League Baseballs like we always do, all the players in baseball. And, uh, you know, we, every month we usually rank through the, the league leaders and stuff. So next week we'll do a final one. And next week, obviously, we'll be talking about playoff games from the week and previewing and going through the series that are going on all the first round series that'll be going on. So we'll recap the wild cards as well. So that'll be a, a lot of fun next week. Next week's show should be a lot of fun. We're going to have baseball. We'll be doing playoffs. We're going to have a hockey preview. And we'll be doing football. So we're going to have a lot of guests next week and a lot of action. We'll be back for three hours. We may even go more than three hours next week because we're going to have a, a big uh, full slate next week to discuss. So it's going to be a lot of fun. But as for the Mets, obviously – their few, you know, their season's coming to an end, mercifully, for Mets fans. But uh, the question is, is Terry Collins going to be around after Monday? My guess is no. Can't possibly keep him. They're saying Dan Warthin's going to be let go. All the, all the pitchers are fighting for him to stay, but, you know, you got to move on. It's time to move on. I haven't been a big Collins guy, but, I, you know, can't completely blame him for everything I've done on this year. I mean, it's the injuries have been demoralizing, but it's just they need a new face. And firstly, it's not just Collins. I think they need to wipe out the whole bet, the whole coaching staff, and start over. 
trying to start over with new coaches. You know, I hear a rumor that Wilpon, Fred Wilpon, saved his job on numerous occasions, and Jeff Wilpon and Alderson both wanted to replace Alderson. But then they start, guys are starting to hammer him on the way out, which I don't believe. Right, full people cowards yesterday. You know, I don't agree with knocking somebody on the way out like that, making up and, and being anonymous and not saying, you know, not saying who who uh, said it. You know, like you have these uh, anonymous players saying this stuff, anonymous source saying this stuff. I'm not a fan of that stuff. So I, I personally let the guy go out the right way, you know, but it is definitely time to move on. He's not the guy for the team anymore. And it, it's real. It's time. I mean, it's time to move on. It's, it's time for the Mets to get a new face. The question is who will they get? I mean, I know there's some names like Chip Hale, Bob Guerin, Robin Ventura's names in there. I don't want Bob Guerin. I'm not a Guerin guy. I think that would be a terrible hire for the Mets. Heard Alex Cora is a possible name. You know, personally, I think a guy like Edgardo Alfonso, who's the manager in the minus, should be a name to consider, a nice former player. But out of all these guys, I, I think I'd go. I know he didn't have success, but success with the White Sox, but I go with Robin Ventura. He had a former player, smart guy. Sometimes the guy, the second job or third job is like a big job. The guy really does good. He's one of the guys I, I strongly consider. I don't want to. I don't want to see. I definitely don't want to see Bob Guerin, and I don't want to see, like, Chip Hale. I don't want guys that have been on the team. I want somebody, like, guys that have coached on this team in the last couple of years. I want fresh blood on this team. And you're going to see by this hire who's really in charge, because if it's a former Met guy, it's going to be a Wilpon decision. If it's somebody outside the organization, it's going to be Alderson. So it's going to be interesting to see who's making the final decision here. Personally, I think it, we all want – everybody wants Wally back, but that's not going to happen. And that's why they fired him last year, because if they didn't get rid of him last year, everybody would be calling for him right now, Backman. Everybody would be saying, well, Backman is the guy. Backman. They would have so much pressure to hire Backman, they'd have to hire Backman right now, which we all wish they would. Then the questions come in the offseason. What are we going to fill? Center field, are, we gonna, are they going to go with Ligaris and Nemo? Are they going to get a real a center fielder like Lorenz and Kane? Are they going to say David Wright's coming back, or are they going to go spend and get Moustakis? Are they comfortable with Darnell and Kolecki? It seems like they are, so I don't think we're going to be seeing a catcher. Obviously, they've already said they're going to dress more for the bullpen. They got Ramos, Familia, Blevins. What else can they add to that bullpen? They need an innings either. They've made that clear. So they're going to add a veteran starter, hoping these other pitches stay healthy. Listen, if you get the pitching healthy, the team can contend just on pitching alone. They got nice young. They got Smith and Rosario who look like nice young pieces. They need to figure out who's playing second and third. I personally, you can't hold out for right again. You have to go make the move there. Second, I'm perfectly fine with re-signing Reyes or something like that and putting him in second. For Florida and right, Cespit is in left. Who plays center? Are you going to really go with Garris and Nemo, or are you going to go out and get a Lorenzen Kane, or trade for a McCutcheon, or do something? Do something. Trade for an Adam Jones who could be available. I want to see this team do something. I want to be, see them aggressive. They have a chance. To, they have a chance to bounce right back if they if they could stay healthy and add a couple of pieces that are needed. Eighty million dollars. Between 65 coming off the books and 15 million they saved in all these trades where they gave away plays for nothing. 
they have to invest it back in the team. If they don't invest it back in the team, you have to be a complete idiot to go watch this team and to spend money on it next year. You would have to be. If they're spitting in your face, they do that. So we're going to see what happens. Obviously, it'll all start Monday because you'll know what's going on with Terry Collins starting Monday. Do they move on? Do they make a move? I'm betting they do. I think they have to move on. You can't. You just can't stay stay the course at this point. You, you really can't. And obviously, <clears throat> just a quick shout out to say, I don't think I mentioned it. Obviously, Aaron Judge broke Maguire's rookie record for home runs this year as well. So when he hit, it was 48, when he hit 49 and 50 in the same game, and then he has 51 now. So Aaron Judge, congratulations to Aaron Judge on, on breaking Maguire's rookie mark. And, you know, I was reading also the Maris family really wants, they really want uh, Stanton to break, to catch Maris because they feel in their mind that they were lied to by McGuire and Sosa in 98 and that, that they really want, they really want Stanton to be the one that do it. In their mind, that would be the record, but it's not. Let's face reality. Bonds has the record. So you have three, you have six, you have 60 home run guys. You have Bonds, you have Sosa did it three times. Maguire did it twice. Bonds did it once. Maris did it once. Ruth did it once. Well, Sosa did it three times, which is pretty crazy. 98, 99, and 2001, he had 60 homers. Stanton approaches 60, and hopefully he hits one in the next couple of days because I would love to see him get it. I predicted 61 a couple of weeks ago. I'm sticking by it, which means we have to hit two more. In the next two days, but he could definitely do it. So we'll see. And the rooms are true that Manningly may hit him lead off. That's another interesting thing to keep an eye on. So, all right. So now, before you know, I want to get into football in a little while, but I'm going to do a little college football first. I just want to talk about some of the, the games from this week so far. So Miami beat Duke 31 6 last night, 14 ranked Miami. So, yeah. 15 to 26, 272 TDs. Walton got hurt though from Miami. The running back, the star running back. So that's something you got to keep an eye on. If they play Florida State next week, second of uh, 0-2 Florida State, who's looking to get a win t- today against Wake Forest. So we'll see if Florida State get get off the Schneid, obviously. But you know it's a dangerous game. Obviously Miami should win. They're three and 0 now. Florida State lost their quarterback for the year and they're struggling, but. You know, Florida State's got a lot of talent. And, you know, a team 0-2 like this gets desperate and they play big games. And it's in Florida State, so Miami's definitely going to have to bring its best game next week. But their defense yesterday was unbelievable in the Duke game. 31-6, Duke's first loss of the year. They're 4-1. Miami's 3-0, 1-0 in the ACC. And then last night, Washington State beat USC in a big game. 16th-ranked Washington State beat 5th-ranked USC, 30-27. It was an unbelievable game. You have two potential first-round quarterbacks in the game. Obviously, Dono fumbled at the end of the year. Donald, at the end of the game, when they had the ball and a chance to win, but he didn't have a good game. 15-29, to 29, 164 yards in interception. He's kind of been struggling a little. Now questions are rising. Is he the top quarterback in the draft all of a sudden? Luke Falk, 34-51, 340, two TDs and interception for Washington State. And it was just a, a great game. I, what can you say? I mean, Washington State showed a lot coming 
winning this game. And, you know, obviously they were home, but, you know, knocking off the fifth-ranked team, they're obviously going to fly up the rankings now. And, and Sam Donald looks like they don't look like the quarterback everybody thought right now. Started off on fire last couple of weeks, so he hasn't looked great. He hasn't looked sharp. It's interesting. We'll be interested to see if he bounces back. And, you know, listen, I think he's world of talent, and I think he's probably, I, in my mind, he's still, I look at his mechanics, and he is NFL ready. So, you know, he could be more built for the NFL at this point in his career, but it also depends what kind of offense he's going to get into. And uh, so it's going to be interesting. We'll see. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Obviously, he's in the Heisman talk, but a game like yesterday definitely don't help him in the Heisman talk going forward. And, you know, you have him, you have Baker Mayfield, you have Saquon Barkley on Penn State and Rashad Penny from San Diego State. Those are like probably the four leading candidates in the Heisman right now. But I think, I would say Barkley's first and Mayfield second. Penny said I think Dono is fourth right now in the Heisman, especially with games like you had, you know, games like you had. So to me personally, he needs to step it up if he's going to make a push because he's had a – He's had his struggle the last couple of weeks. So we'll see, see what happens there. Obviously, hockey is back Wednesday night is the opener. Opening night, so you have Maple Leafs, Jets, Blues, Penguins, Flames, Oilers, Flyers, Sharks. We're going to get into that, all that next week. Obviously, like I said, Mr. Burger, Gene Cherry, and special guest, former hockey player, which I'll announce during the week. Just waiting for final confirmation before I throw the name out there. It appears to be on the show, and so it's going to be exciting. And uh, from a great NHL player, so looking forward to that. Now, some other news, NBA news. If we're going to get into football. Once we get into football, it's just going to be football. So I'm trying to get everything out before I do football. So obviously, I mentioned about Westbrook's five-year, five $205 million riches deal in the history of the NBA. Wait. You know, it's great to see it. Listen, it's a lot of money. I know people are like, wow, $40 million a year, that's crazy. But you know what? It's great to see loyalty that this guy's staying there. It's not one of these players running to another team like his former teammate did. And now, look, if you look at Oklahoma City, I mean, obviously they've got Paul George, and now they got Carmelo Anthony with Westbrook. Now, all of a sudden, Oklahoma City is looking a little dangerous here. And I know people are like, well, they still don't got enough to beat Golden State. Listen, when you got three star players, you can beat anybody on any given day. So they put themselves back in a conversation. And you know what? With Anthony under contract for another year, obviously Westbrook locked up for five years. There's a good chance Paul George is going to stay there now, and he's going to get a rich contract. So a great move for Oklahoma City. I'm sure the fans are ecstatic now. It's going to be really interesting when they play Oklahoma, uh, Golden State. But so the, if you look at now the highest career earnings in the NBA, obviously Dirk, 242 is the most. Westbrook, when his contract runs out, will be at 233. You'll never guess who's third. Joe Johnson with $203 million. Carmelo Anthony, $201 million. And then LeBron James, $200 million. So here's LeBron, the best player, but he's fifth in total earnings. Joe Johnson third, though, is probably the, the biggest surprise out of all of them. But that was when he got that max deal from the Hawks, and then somehow the Nets took that deal. The Hawks were able to move into the Nets, which was crazy. So 
Then, you have, like I said, Melo, Oklahoma City, to fall out from that. Obviously, the Knicks are going, went, finally traded and went in another direction. He updated, you know, he was able to update his, uh, he, was, he was definitely he was able to update his trade list and he added Oklahoma City to it. You know, I know he almost got traded to Cleveland and Houston a couple of times, but he ends up in a good spot for him. The rumor is that he can move to the four and play the power forward for Oklahoma City, so that's another interesting thing. But he played a lot of power forward for uh, the Knicks as well. So that's another thing to keep an eye on there. And he did well in that spot. And obviously Dwayne Wade got bought out by the Bulls. So he goes to play with his buddy LeBron in Cleveland. So now he's going to – LeBron went to Miami and won. Now he's going to come to Cleveland help, to try to help them win. And I'll tell you, I was looking at Cleveland's tent I and mean, Cleveland's stacked. And when you're throwing the team, they got Isaiah, obviously LeBron, Wade, Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson. But then you look at the bench. I mean, you have Derrick Rose, J.R. Smith, Kyle Corver, Jay Crowder, and I mean, right there, that, that nine is insane right there. I mean, you don't get much deeper than that right there. I mean, when Jay Crowder is your ninth guy, that's a pretty scary proposition for teams. So really, it's now, do they put it all together? I think they do when you have an unselfish player like LeBron on the court. It's definitely, you know, definitely helps you there. So, but, and, and Channing Fry is their 10th guy. So, I mean, you're looking at a really deep team right there. You got to give, give, the, give them a lot of credit. I mean, they built a nice team. Obviously, that trade, they traded Kyrie Irving. It always hurts, but you look at what they got. They're arguably better. Plus, they got the Nets first rounder next year in that trade as well. So you're looking at a team right now that's really, really stacked. So it's going to be interesting. Can they, can they beat? Will they be able to beat Golden State if they get there? Obviously, will they beat Boston? Them and Boston, obviously, the two best teams. Boston now with Kyrie Irving, and Boston also with Gordon Haywood now. But they did trade Isaiah Crowder, who were big parts of their team, and obviously the Mets pick, which is going to be huge. But it's going to be great to watch them watch these two teams play. And then in the West, obviously the West is stacked between Golden State, San Antonio, Houston, now Oklahoma City. You know, Portland's good. You have a lot of good teams in the West. So, you know, New Orleans should be better. But a full year out of the two guys with Cousins there, a full year with AD. So, that's going to be it's going to be crazy. It's going to be an entertaining basketball season. It starts in a couple of weeks. We will be having an NBA preview in two weeks on the show as well. So we'll preview the NBA. So we have the hockey preview next week. NBA preview in two weeks. Obviously, we'll be doing a lot of playoffs the next couple of weeks. Baseball and obviously football every weekend for the rest of the year. So, and you know, got a lot going on. Obviously, in all sports, so I try to touch a little. Obviously, baseball and football are really the focal points right now. But NHL starting this week, and then basketball's coming, so those are all going to get spot added to the show on a weekly basis as we get more involved into that. And the previews are coming, so it's a lot of fun. So we're gonna we're gonna take a, I'm gonna take a quick commercial, and then we're gonna come back and do some football, but. It is time for a commercial break, which we have a proud new sponsor of Totally Driven Entertainment. He's funny, he's wacky, he's crazy, and he's totally driven. Check out Chris Fraley presents Tom. 
I'm black man, saving mankind, one stereotype at a time. To the black mobile. To the corner of Martin Luther King Street and Malcolm X Boulevard, pronto. Will black man make it to the crime on time? Or will he be on CPT? Stay tuned at ChrisFairleyPresents.com. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detective's quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from homes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your ghoul friend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our store is voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable is filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our Wacky Stores page on Facebook.
welcome back to the Mojo Sports Show. As uh, as we've been covering, we did a lot early on. We've hit baseball, we've hit basketball, we've hit hockey, we've hit college football. So we've pretty much covered all the stuff other than football so far. Obviously, we're taking calls. If anybody wants to talk baseball specifically, Yankees or Mets, 718-508-9883. Same thing with football or any sport, as always. Call in, and we, you know, as we're talking, we can we always roll with the punches or whatever you want to talk about. But right now, we are going to get ready as we kick off week four. We're going to take a first. We're going to take a look at week three of the NFL. Week four of the NFL season. We're going to get into the picks shortly. Obviously, like I said, PDV is under the weather today, not feeling good, so he sent me his picks. He won't be calling in today. He has no voice, but he'll be back next week. And uh, we look forward to having him back. As we always miss when people don't call in. He's always gives great insight on in the NFL. And uh, so before I get into the week four picks, we are, I am going to take a quick little review of week three. Now, remember, today's show is short. Obviously, I got uh, baseball today. My son's baseball has the Hawks, so I'll be out of here early, probably for 10, maybe a little before 10, but we're going to keep in, uh, the show rolling right now. And uh quick little shout-out to my man Chuck, who was playing Madden with until 2 in the morning. So we had a long night last night. We had some good games in Madden, so shout-out to Chuck. A lot of fun last night. Banging out some Madden games online for, like, after 2 in the morning. So it was good, good times. Feeling it a little this morning, but it was fun fun playing it. We definitely had some good games mixing up the teams last night, so it was a lot of fun. All right, so looking 
looking at last last week, so obviously you had the, the London game. Jaguars just completely demolished the Ravens, forty-four to seven. I mean, what more can you say about this team? Blake Bortles, twenty to thirty-one, two forty-four with four touchdowns, had a great game, and uh, Marcus Lee, four catches, sixty-three yards. Mercedes Lewis, four catches, sixty-two yards, and three touchdowns. A nice game from Mercedes Lewis. Obviously, Flacco was pulled. Eight for 18 for 28 yards with two interceptions on a really bad day. For Joe Flacco, and got yanked for Ryan Mallett late in the game. And obviously, the complete struggle and dominant performance from Jacksonville, 44 to 7. And, and you know, what more can you say there? And Baltimore's 2 and Oh, they're still 2 and 1. Both teams 2 and 1 now. The Bills with a shocking 26 to 16 win. I'm sure our Magic Mike was very happy about that one. 26-16, Bills win. Tyrod Taylor, 20-26 with 2-13 with two touchdowns. Mike Tolbert leading Buffalo rushing, 11 carries, 41 yards. McCoy only had 14 carries for 21 yards, but they still still win the game. Charles Clay caught a touchdown. Trevor Simeon, 24-40, with two interceptions. T.J. Anderson didn't do much. Shea carried 36 yards. Jamal Charles had a good game. Nine carries 56 yards and a touchdown. Demarius Thomas, six catches, 98 yards. You know, losing effort for Denver. Nice win for Buffalo. Nobody really expected Buffalo to win that game, so it was definitely a nice nice win for the Bills. They're now 2-1. and one. The Broncos are 2-1 and one as well. And a shocker, and we talked about this game a little last week, the Bears 23-17 over the Steelers. And, you know, the interesting stat was that the Steelers going into this game were 1-11 in Chicago. You know, it don't matter what the teams are. When you see stats like that, it's a red flag because, I mean, the team struggles in that stadium, and they clearly struggled there, and they struggled last week. Ben Northenberg at 22-39 with a touchdown, but they couldn't get the ball in the end zone enough. Le'Veon Bell at 61 yards and a touchdown. Antonio Brown, 10 catches, 110 yards and a touchdown. He did his job. But the Bears played a good game. Went in 15-22, a touchdown interception. Jordan Howard was the difference, 23 carries, 140 yards, and two touchdowns, and five catches for 26 yards out of the backfield. So a huge, I mean, huge win for the Bears. And their first win of the year, 1-2, and and the Steelers with their first loss of the year, 2-1. and So, shocker to say the least. So right there, you had two upsets in a row. Falcons Lions, great game, thirty to twenty six. Falcons, obviously, everybody was seeing the game, seeing the ending of the game, and the play ended on the half yard line. It was a touchdown that was pulled back, and then the ten second runoff made them run out of time, and so ending that game on a half yard line, tough loss, tough way to lose for Detroit. Stafford twenty five to forty five, two fifty, two sixty four, and a touchdown. And uh, it was a tough loss for them. Abdullah, 14 carries, 47 yards. Matt Ryan, 24-35, 294, two touchdowns and two, three interceptions. So Julio Jones, seven catches, 91 yards. Devontae Freeman, 21 carries, 106 yards. So Atlanta holds on to go 3-0. and Detroit's first loss of the end. You know, they were both undefeated, and the game lived up to the billing. Now, obviously, a game like that ends on a half-yard line. What more can you ask for in a game like that? The Colts. Beat the Browns 31 to 28. Cody Brissett 17 to 24, 259 yards and a touchdown. Frank Gore 25 carries, 57 yards and a touchdown. Dy Hilton seven catches, 153 yards. Nice win for the Colts, getting their first win one and two. The Browns still winless at 0 and three. 
and Brissett also ran for two touchdowns in the game. So a nice, a nice game for Brissett. And, you know, it's been a good pickup. And obviously he's playing decent football. Obviously when Luck comes back, and now they're saying Luck could be out till November, so there's no real word on Andrew Luck now what his status is. So something to keep an eye on for the Colts. 22-47, two touchdowns, three interceptions for Deshaun Kaiser. He also had seven carries, 44 yards. Duke Johnson with six catches, 81 yards out of the backfield. He also had a rushing, 19-yard rushing touchdown, which was a nice run. But it wasn't enough. As the Browns, here they are again, and 0-3 again. I mean, you know, the team, that they definitely needed some more. And obviously, they're, they're up and coming, but they, they clearly still need more. Vikings. You know, not that they won, but they completely dominated the Buccaneers, 34-17, to and just an unbelievable performance. Their defense is unbelievable, especially at home. Case Keenan, 25-33, 369, and three touchdowns, which was big difference. Stephon Diggs, eight catches, 173 yards, and two touchdowns. Adam Tylen, five catches, 98 yards. Delvin Cook, Delvin Cook, 27 carries, 97 yards, and a touchdown. He's been a great draft pick for them as well. Jameis Winston, 28 of 40 with 328, two touchdowns, three interceptions. He kind of struggled. Deshaun Jackson, four catches, 84 yards, and a touchdown. But it was Minnesota's defense that really made him struggle. And a lot of frustration shown from Mike Evans. He had seven catches for 67 yards, but he was very frustrated. Now that Tampa Bay also does get Doug Martin back. So we'll see how that – hopefully that jump starts their offense. But, you know, Tampa, listen, Tampa's a good team. This Minnesota's defense at home is just insane. And, you know, there's not much you can say. Their defense, they play at another level at home especially. And, you know, they get, they got a good game out of Keenan. What more can you say? I mean, without Bradford, nobody really thought they were going to win this game, even at home. But they get it out to them. They're 2-1 in the Buccaneers, a 1-1. One one. Texans, Patriots beat Texans in a classic, another classic, a Tom Brady Fourth quarter comeback, 36-33. Obviously, Brady, 25-35 to 378, five touchdowns, no interceptions. Just an unbelievable performance. The late, late second touchdown pass to Brandon Cooks was five catches, 131 yards, and two touchdowns. Bronkowski, eight catches, 89 yards, and a touchdown. And Chris Hogan also had two touchdowns and 68 yards receiving. Just Tom Brady being Tom Brady with a great comeback. And Deshaun Watson, well, I said on the show, I like the best quarterback in the draft, and he's really looking good. He had 22-33, 301 yards, two touchdowns. He did throw two interceptions, but he played a great game with his legs. He used his legs. He carries 41 yards. Just made a lot of good plays, and you could just see he looks really good. Lamar Miller, 14 catches, 56 yards. They haven't got him going yet this year. DeAndre Hopkins, seven catches, 76 yards, and a losing effort. But it was just it was a great game, obviously. Brady with the last second heroics, the five touchdown passes. I mean, this guy is just doesn't. It looks like time just doesn't. This guy does not happen. This guy just keeps getting better. It's like crazy. He's forty years old and he's that is as good as ever. The Jets twenty to six over the Dolphins. I, this game was really mind boggling. The Dolphins just didn't show up. I don't even know what what was going on. It was a shutout until the last play of the game. And Cutler hit uh, Devontae Parker in the corner of the end zone for a touchdown. I don't even know what my team showed up. Their defense played okay, but, I mean, they looked horrendous. I watched both teams. The first half, it was just a horrendous first half. 
but you kept waiting for Miami just to put it together and, you know, pull away or run it, you know, score a couple of and they just couldn't do it. It was, Cutler looked like he had cement in his feet, and I don't know, Ajayi couldn't get going. The Jets, I'll give the Jets defense credit. Their defense played great. Jamal Adams looks like a stud. I mean, you watch this kid play. I mean, this kid is all, they have him lining up at safety, linebacker. I mean, they have him moving them all over, defensive end. I mean, they, they had this guy all over, and he was making plays all day. Got to give the Jets defense credit, but I don't know. What was wrong with Miami? Jay Ajayi, 11 carries, 16 yards. I think Miami looked like a team that just showed up and thought they were going to win the game. I, you know, obviously a lot of teams didn't show up last week, but Miami was one of the disappointing teams. Like, this is a game you figured they were going to win easy. Devontae Parker, eight catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown. And we'll lose an effort for the Jets. Josh McCown, 18-23, and 249, and a touchdown. You know, Josh McCown had a nine-game losing streak until this game, too. It was his first win in nine games. So, I guess he had to win sometime. Robbie Anderson, three catches, 95 yards, and a touchdown. Forte got hurt. Now, Belial Powell with 15 carries, 37 yards, and a touchdown. Last week looks like he's going to get more touches going forward, especially at least this week. So we'll see what happens. Jay Cutler was 26 of 44, 220, a touchdown interception. But his mobility, look at it. He missed a couple of wide open receivers. I know this too. So Miami, I know they said this week everything's changed. They had a bad week of practice, blah, 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 a lot of distractions and da, da, da. You know, but losing a game like that was really uncalled for. We'll see how they bounce back tomorrow in London against the Saints. So that that would be an interesting game as well. The Giants. Obviously, another tough loss for the Giants. Well, Miami's 1-1, one one, the Jets are 1-2. Then the Giants, obviously, the Eagles go to 2-1, the Giants to 0-3, a tough loss for the Giants. And, you know, the Giants were losing 14-0. They came roaring back, took a 21-14 lead. The Eagles tied it. Giants keep the field. The Eagles keep the field. And then the Eagles, 61-yard game-winning field goal by Josh Elliott, which was unbelievable. Jake Elliott, I'm sorry, but... Unbelievable how the Giants lost this game. But, listen, they fought back. Eli, 35-47-66, three touchdowns, two interceptions, and two of the interceptions early. The Giants running game still not existing, 17 catches, 49 yards. Beckham, eight, nine catches, 79 yards, two touchdowns, although he made a fool out of himself. But his dog imitation in the end zone, he got fined for it this week. Sterling Shepard, seven catches, 133 yards and a touchdown. Brandon Marshall finally getting in the offense. He catches 66 yards and a losing effort. Carson Wentz, 21-31, 176 and a touchdown and a winning effort. Wendell Smallwood, who stepped up, 12 carries, 71 yards. Blunt had 12 carries, 67 yards. So the Eagles had 193 yards rushing. The Giants had 49. That was the difference in the game. Olshon Jeffrey, four catches, 56 yards. Zach Ertz, eight catches, 55 yards and a touchdown. But, again, you know, losing after the 0 the team fought, give the Giants credit, they fought back. But, you know, the thing I, one thing that stood out to me, when they came back and they took the 21-14 lead and, and Philly got the ball and marched right down the field and scored, that's the time where the Giants' defense really needed to step up and make a stop, and they couldn't. And uh, so but the story, obviously, is Beckham, again, I, I mean, enough's enough. I, I know Giants fans have called radio stations all week. They want to get rid of him. I'm not ready to go that far, but the guy needs to stop. This guy needs to grow up. They need to do something. They got fined by the NFL. The Giants, I heard McAdoo's interview this week. It was actually embarrassing that he wouldn't even 
say anything negative about the situation, and he's just like, McAdoo is completely petrified of Beckham. You can tell, and he won't say anything bad about him. And, you know, that's not the way to go. They need to step up. Obviously, Namara had a talk with Beckham, and he expressed that he wasn't happy, but very disappointed to see him act like that. I mean, you're peeing like a – I mean, what are you doing? Uh, you know, he's saying, oh, he's a dog, he's acting like a dog. No, you're an idiot, and you're acting like an idiot. That's what you're doing. So it was uncalled for. Hopefully this guy needs to mature. Hopefully he does. And he's a great player, one of the best in the league. But he needs to, when he does stuff like that, it makes you, like, you know, wonder what's this guy go through his mind half the time. So, you know, it's, it's just, when does it click? You think all the stuff that happened last year with the boat and the, Playoffs that he was a little mature. He clearly hasn't matured. I mean, the guy is just all about himself. As is most diva receivers are always about themselves. But you know, he never gets into any trouble off the field. He just does stupid things on the field, which is you know a problem for the team. It's the team problem, not a personal problem. You know, but hopefully he straightens it out. But I know a lot of Giant fans are calling for his head. They want to get rid of him. And you know, I don't. If he keeps acting like this, the Giants Giants ain't gonna stand for this. Giants ain't the type of team. To stand for this forever. The Giants will move on from something like this. They're just that's the Giants. So, all right, the Saints, 34-13 on the road. They go on the road and beat the Panthers. Not many people thought they were going to win this game. They go on the road. Breeze, 22-29, 220, three touchdowns. Great game. Michael Thomas, seven catches, 87 yards and a touchdown. Ted Ginn, two catches, 44 yards, including a 40-yarder. He gets his former team and a touchdown. Ingram, 14 catches, 56 yards. Peterson, 9 catches, 33 yards. Continues to be a non-factor with the team. Cam Newton didn't really look good. 17 to 26, 167 with three interceptions. Newton looks, he does, he looks hurt. I mean, there's something clearly, you know, something wrong there. But Jonathan Stewart, again, 12 carries, 57 yards. And McCaffrey, who had a good receiving day, nine catches, 101 yards out of the backfield. They can't get it going on the ground, four carries, 16 yards, but we knew he'd be good out of the backfield. And he's big first big game out of the backfield for him. But the Saints basically went in there and kicked Carolina's butt. And I don't think many people expected that. And they, now they're in London getting ready to play the Dolphins tomorrow. The Dolphins better come ready to play because Breeze, Breeze is going to tear them apart if, if they're not ready to play tomorrow. So, obviously, Saints first win one and two. The Panthers first lost their two and one. Titans in a great game, beat the Seahawks 33-27. Another great finish, great game. Obviously, Russell Wilson finally had a breakout game. He was from, I mean, they have all sides. has been terrible all year. 29-49 with 373 and four touchdowns. So he had his breakout game. Doug Baldwin as well, 10 catches, 106 yards and a touchdown. They finally got it together. Chris Carson led the way with 11 carries for only 34 yards. The Tennessee, Marcus Mariota, 28-32, two touchdowns. DeMarco Murray had the 75-yard touchdown. He ended up with 14 carries, 115 yards. Derek Henry with 13 carries for 54 yards. Rashad Matthews had a nice 55-yard touchdown, ended with six catches for 87 yards. But the Titans, who are now 2-1, and one, the Seahawks are 1-2, and, and struggling. I mean, they finally played a good offensive game, but their defense went up 33 points, which you don't expect from Seattle, so... See if Seattle could get it going. Titans did score 21 straight points in the third quarter, so was the difference in the game. Packers and another thriller over the Bengals, 27-24. Obviously, it was a game that came back and won in overtime. I mean, it was 
I think it was 21-7 Cincinnati at one point. 21 for 27, two touchdowns to Dalton finally had his breakout game. Mixon, 18 carries, 62 yards. A.J. Green for the monster game, 10 catches, 111 yards, and a touchdown. The first big game for Cincinnati's passing attack, but they end up they can't hold on in the second half as they're outscored 13. But you know that's what 17-3 in the second half, and then they lose on the field goal. Aaron Rodgers doing Aaron Rodgers things, 28 for 42, 313 yards and three touchdowns and interception. And Geronimo Allison was the, was the receiver. You would think with Nelson, Devontae Adams, well, Cobb was out. It was Geronimo Allison with six catches, 122 yards. Jordan Nelson did have two touchdowns, six catches and 52 yards. In the, in the, the winning effort, the Packers are now 2-1. and one. And the Bengals fall to zero and three. Another set. When Bengals are like the Giants, nobody expected them to be zero and three at this point. Yeah, I can guarantee that. Chiefs twenty four to ten over the Chargers. Another win for the Chiefs. They're now three and zero. Chargers fall to zero and three. Alex Smith sixteen to twenty one. He's been great this year. Two touchdowns. Kareem Hunt, the surprise of the league right now, the rookie, seventeen carries, one hundred and seventy two yards, and a touchdown, including a sixty nine yarder at the end of the game. Tyreek Hill, five catches, seventy seven yards, and a touchdown. And the losing effort for the Chargers, Bill Bridges, twenty to forty two thirty seven with three interceptions. He wasn't on. Melvin Gordon had 17 carries, 79 yards, and a touchdown, but he missed most of the second half with a knee injury. He is expected to play tomorrow, though. Travis Benjamin, five catches, 105 yards, and Keenan Allen, five catches, 61 yards, and a losing effort, but the Chargers for 0-3 in desperate need of a win tomorrow. Chiefs 3-0, looking like one of the strongest teams in the league, as, as was kind of expected going into the year. And they had the Sunday night game. The Redskins just pound on the Raiders, 27-10. I heard a woman at the Raiders threw the game on purpose over the anthem protest. I don't know about that. And I don't know if you noticed, but I haven't really addressed the anthem protest, and I refuse to. I'm here to talk football. I'm out here. I watch sports and talk sports to get away from the politics side of it, so I'm not even going to address the politics side of it. These guys, all, all I will say is people should stand for the national anthem, and I have respect for their country. I respect people's right to do what they want, to protest. But when it comes to the flag, in my opinion, you stand. Everybody should stand for the flag. People have the right to protest. I'm going to leave it at that. Because I'm here to talk sports. I'm not here to talk politics. So you notice I really didn't address it, and I refused to address it. So I'm here to talk sports, and that's what I want to talk. But in the game itself, Kirk Cousins, 25-30, and three touchdowns. Samaji Perry, 19 carries for 49 yards. Chris Thompson, 6 carries, 150 yards, and a touchdown. For Washington, Eric Carr didn't look good at all, 19-31, a touchdown, two interceptions. Marshawn Lynch, 6 carries, 18 yards. Jared Cook, 4 catches, 42 yards, and a touchdown for the Raiders, but the Raiders just didn't show up. It was an ugly performance and a dominant win for the Redskins. So give the Redskins some credit there. Then we have uh, Dallas, 28-17 on Monday night over over Arizona. Dallas with a much-needed win, 13-18, 183 yards and two touchdowns for Prescott. Elliott, 22 carries, 80 yards and a touchdown. Des Bryant had a short touchdown, only had two catches for 12 yards. Uh, Bryce Butler, two catches, 90 yards and a touchdown, 53-yarder. 
Carson Palmer, 29 of 48 for 325 and two touchdowns. Andre Ellington, five carries, 22 yards. Chris Johnson, 12 carries, 17 yards only for the Arizona. Couldn't get the ground game going. But Larry Fitzgerald, this guy just doesn't age. 13 carries, 13 catches, 149 yards and a touchdown. Unbelievable. And Fitzgerald's just an unbelievable player and a class act as well, but he's just an unbelievable player. I mean, this is his last. Like, there's always talk should this be his last year. I mean, the guy really looked like he needs to retire. I mean, the guy's been unbelievable. I mean, I don't see a reason for him to retire at all in my mind. I mean, it's it's just unbelievable. So, we look, that was week three. It was a nice recap of week three. Looking ahead, week four, we're going to get into the picks in a minute. Do want to just talk about so the Packers went in and now three and one they beat the Bears the zero three Bears now thirty five fourteen now this game had a delay a lightning delay for a while they had a couple of injuries obviously Ty Montgomery got hurt which which was a killer for them because their backup running back got hurt too I, I don't know what they're going to do now at running back Aaron Jones stepped in with thirteen carries forty nine yards and a touchdown I I have rumors that Peterson the Green Bay could be looking at Adrian Peterson. Obviously, Rodgers, 18 to 26, 179 yards and four touchdowns. Jordy Nelson, four catches, 75 yards, two touchdowns. Randall Cobb, four catches, 44 yards and a touchdown. Devontae Adams, two catches, 13 yards and a touchdown. Now, the thing with Devontae Adams is, I don't know if anybody's seen the hit, but Danny Trevathan, he hit, he threw a cheap shot, Danny Trevathan, threw a cheap shot, Knocked Devontae Adams completely out. The guy was out before he even hit the floor. Now he's flying the helmet. You never see a helmet even dent in like that. It's a cheap shot. The guy should be suspended. And this is the problem with football. Here's the guy that played with dead. He was being held up. This guy comes running in, goes helmet to helmet, completely knocked him out. Now, it's been encouraging news. Obviously, he has a concussion, but very encouraging news from the hospitals that he's doing fine. He's joking around, and he's, you know, he's fine. It was a scary incident there for sure. And there's no need, no reason, no need for that in football. Mike Glennon, 21 to 33, a touchdown, two interceptions. Jordan Howard, 18 carries, 53 yards, and a touchdown for the bowl for the Bears. And in a losing effort, obviously Kendall Wright, four catches, 51 yards, and a touchdown. But again, Green Bay and Rodgers. That was a game. I mean, you didn't think they would lose anyway. I gotta say, the Bears hung in there a little longer than I thought. The lightning and rain delay obviously was a factor for both teams as well. But me and Pete both had Green Bay in that game too, by the way. So just a little heads up with that. So, all right, so I'm going to take a quick break. And then when I come back, we're going to get into the NFL picks. And if anybody wants to call, 718-508-9883. And this little break is going to be a little football music for you
Welcome back to the Mojo Sports Show. And we're going to get ready for the week four NFL picks. And obviously, like I said, TDD's under the weather, so he's not here today. So I'm going to make I'm going to get into the picks right now. And as I do my picks, I'll tell you who I'll tell you what PDB took as well in his games as I do mine. So all right, so first game, obviously the London game. We both had Green Bay, as you know. But now the London game is the other game. So we have the Saints and the Dolphins. We both we both agree on the Dolphins here. I think the Dolphins are going to come out and play a better game than they did last week. Obviously, they, if they don't come ready to play, though, Breeze will shred them tomorrow. I just think Miami's defense will play enough, and I, I think Miami's, Miami's offense should be good enough to uh, score some points. I, I expect a bounce-back game for offense against a, a terrible Saints defense. And uh, that game's on at 9.30 in the morning on Fox tomorrow. So I'm look, I, I think I expect Miami to come out and win. London games are weird. You know they're always weird. It's always like the travel schedules and you know you know the Saints feel good after they went over the Panthers. Miami's coming in really pissed off after a terrible loss. But one thing you noticed last week in the game is the run on the Orleans, and you know you would think Jay Ajayi is going to have a, a bounce back. Yeah, Miami's going to bounce back game, and Miami's going to really pound him. You know, Panthers averaged five point two yards a carry last week, and I, I expect, especially on their first drive, especially they pounded right down. And Dolphins won't let this turn into a shootout. Obviously, they're going to need to run the ball to keep Breeze off the field, so. I think Miami gets out, gets a win here. You know, so it would be a nice way to start the year if they're losing a week one home game and then losing to the Jets. If they get out of this for two and one, I definitely look at it as a win for Miami. So I'm going to take the Dolphins, as did PDV. Pittsburgh and Ravens, we both took Pittsburgh, me and Pete as well. I expect Pittsburgh to go in there, come bounce back after a bad loss last week and, you know, Ravens, you would think the Ravens are going to bounce, play, you know, come back and bounce back a little too this week. I mean, obviously they had a bad loss last week as well. They looked, I mean, horrendous. You know, it's the second straight road game for the Steelers, which is tough, but the Ravens are off of a London trip. That week after is always rough, and they're banged up all over the place, and the offense has been a mess. And the defense didn't play well at all against Jacksonville. And the Steelers' offense is just much better than Ben has publicly said he needs to bounce back this week, so I think Pittsburgh wins rather easy in this game. I don't even think it's going to be a close game. Bills at Falcons, we both took Atlanta. I think Bills, listen, it was a nice win for Bills last week, but now going on the road to Atlanta is a whole other, you know, a whole other game. And the defense against the Falcons offense is going to be the key. The Bills actually lead the NFL in scoring defense, giving up just 12.9 points per game. But they haven't faced an offense as good as Atlanta. Ranked fifth in scoring, and obviously have all the high power weapons. This is the first true test for Buffalo's defense. So if Buffalo's defense can come out of this, then you could start really taking the defense serious. It'll be interesting to see how Coach Sean McDermott, who faced Atlanta twice this season when he was defensive coordinator in Carolina, decides to play against Matt Ryan and the gang. Because he had, he don't have the personnel that he had. You know, he don't have the personality out in Carolina defensively, but he listen, they're doing a great job and you gotta give him credit so far in the year. Titans at Texans. I'm taking Houston in this game. 
I think Houston comes in with a, a bounce back game. Pete also took Houston so, so far. Me and Pete have all the same picks. I think I expect Houston to Deshaun Watson. I know they lost a tough game in the win, but I expect them to carry that momentum into this week. I know uh, Tennessee had a great win last week against Seattle, and Tennessee's looking good right now. I just think this is a game. I just think this is a game that the Titans will win. It's a major game, major division game. But the Texans already lost a division game at home to Jacksonville and can't afford another one here. It's Deshaun Watson's first start at home for the Texans, but he played. He did play well last week. The Titans are coming off a physical game against Seattle that had to take something. That had to take something out of them. I think it's a low-scoring game, but I think the Texans pull this one out. Bengals Browns. I think this is the game. Obviously, two all-in-three teams. They're both desperate. I think this is the game the Bengals get. The PD, who did PD take? The PD took Cincinnati as well. You know, the Browns is a home dog. You know, I know a lot of people like home dogs, but the Bengals are desperate. The public is all over them. They really played a great game in Green Bay and came up short last week. You know, the Browns lost to the Colts last week. I, I can't see the Browns winning this game. You know, it's a common opponent for Andy Dolan. It usually means a struggle for a quarterback, but I think that they played the Colts. The Browns, this is a common opponent. You know, I, I don't know. The Browns have to face off against Burfitt, who's coming back this week, which should hurt them running the ball, but they should try and run the ball anyway because they need to establish some kind of running game. I just think the Bengals' offense is going to be too much. Obviously, last week I seen Dalton and AJ Green finally start hooking up again, so I expect Cincinnati to win and win this game easy. Actually, Jaguars at Jets is going to be my first shocker of the day. I'm going to take the Jets to win two straight. You know, the Jets coming. Obviously, they played a great game defensively. The Jaguars played great on the road, and everybody's like, "You got to be crazy." I just don't – I'm not ready to buy the Jaguars yet. And I still think Bortles could crumble. And, you know, like the Jets defense, if they play the way they played last week, they could give Bortles a lot of fear. I mean, you're talking about Blake Bortles here. Let's not, you know, let's not ride the ship to the Super Bowl with Blake Bortles. You know, Jets obviously played a great game. They were playing a Dolphin team that came from L.A. and was dealing with Hurricane Irma ramifications without playing at home. And they completely shut Miami's running game out and – can they shut out Leonard Fournette and the Jaguars? It's going to be the key to this game. But putting pressure on Blake Bortles is going to be key. And if they put pressure on Bortles, it's, I think they could win this game. I think another low-scoring game, I expect. But I'm going to take the Jets in an upset this week. Rams at Dallas. Me and Petey both agree on Dallas in this game. I think, uh, I think Dallas found themselves again last week. The Rams obviously have been playing good and scoring a lot of points. I just think Dallas will win this game. Dallas six and a half point favorites in this game. But he's right, listen, the Rams are frisky and they're giving up a lot of rushing yards and it could be a problem against the team like Dallas with their old line and Elliott, but Dallas is coming off a short week, so it could be problems to them. LA's had ten days to prepare for this game. And listen, are we are we buying Jared Goff yet? I, you know, listen, he was really good. He had Cox Burley and Sammy Watkins looking well, but they did play the 49ers. Let's see how they do against Dallas. 
I'm going to pick Dallas. I think Dallas wins this game. I think, I think it's going to be an entertaining game. It's probably high scoring. I think we've got a high scoring game here. So I'm going to take Dallas to win that game. Panthers at Patriots. I'm going to take New England. I, I just don't like what I see right now out of Cam Newton. I think Newton's clearly something wrong with him right now. He's not, you know, he's clearly not the same quarterback. He hasn't played well all year. <clears throat> and that's being kind that he hasn't played well. You know, so what makes us think he'll go to New England and play better? But the pad defense is awful right now. And Newton should be able to make some plays with his legs. But and the Panthers' defense is solid, but they're not going to stop Tom Brady. You know, how much can they slow him down is the key. Patriots, I think the Patriots win this pull away late in this game. I think it might be close for a little while, but I think they pull away late. Lions at Vikings. And that's another tough game. You know, Lions obviously lost a heartbreaker last week on the half-yard line. You know, this is this is a tough game, and the Vikings obviously look great at home. But I'm going to pick I'm going to pick the the Lions here. I think the Lions coming off that bad loss are going to bounce back this week and play a good game. Petey took Detroit too. So me and Pete so far, me and Pete have every pick the same so far, except the Jets. Jacksonville is the only different one so far. Giants at Tampa Bay. He took, he took the Giants in this one. I'm going to take Tampa Bay in this one. I think I think the Giants right now are trying to find a way. Although Tampa Bay does have some injuries coming into this game, I just think right now it's at home coming off a loss. I'd expect Tampa Bay to bounce back this week. The Giants obviously are desperate, so it wouldn't shock me if the Giants won this game. I just think right now with everything going on with them, this distractions. Uh, uh, I think Tampa Bay comes in and wins this game. We got to wait to see if. Olivier Vernon's playing as well for the Giants, but I think even if he does, Tampa wins this game. I think he could, you know, Tampa's defense at home, I think, could do enough to to hold, you know, for Tampa Bay to just outscore them a little more in this game. Eagles at Chargers. I'm going to take another game. I'm going to take San Diego for an upset as well. So I'm picking a couple upsets this week, San Diego and the Jets. I'm looking at teams maybe getting their first win this week. And, you know, go a little against Petey here, too. Who likes Philly in this game? But I think San Diego is going to bounce back. I think San Diego is going to get their first win of the year. The Eagles are coming off an emotional high last week. Charges, LA Chargers are home. I, I just expect I think Rivers bounces back after a bad game. I think San Diego squeaks out a tough one here with the Eagles. 49ers, Cardinals. I think Arizona takes this game rather easy. Me and people agree on that one. I don't see much of a game here. I, I, I think. Niners played good last week. Carlos Hyde might not even play. <clears throat> and uh, 49ers played well last week, and they have 10 days to prepare for this game, but I, I don't see it. Cardinals haven't been protecting Palmer good so far this year, and the 49ers defensive front could give some issues. But I think the Arizona pulls away in this game, and, you know, we'll see. We'll see what Arizona's made of this week. Is Arizona going to start making that step towards being a great team? that everybody expected with that defense because right now they don't look like it. Raiders at Broncos, big game, huge game, obviously, in the, the AFC West here. Petey took down. I'm going to take Denver with Pete. I have to agree with Pete on this one. Obviously, I think Carl rebounds. They haven't looked good. I mean, Amari Cooper hasn't gotten going yet either. I don't know what's going on there. I think this is going to be a great game. It's back-to-back road games for the Raiders. And they didn't look good last week at all. 
Denver's coming off a loss in Buffalo, their first loss, and they won their other two at home. They're a different team at home, Denver. And I just could think of their defense at home will get this win. Raiders' offense looks looked disjointed last week. And, you know, I, I, I do expect the Raiders to play a little better this week, but I still expect Denver to pull this win out. Then you have the Colts at Seattle. I think I don't see how this game's even competitive. I think Seattle wipes the Colts completely out. And maybe this is the type of game you could even see a shutout. Uh, don't be surprised if you look up and it's like 27 nothing on this game. I, I think this is the game where the, the Seattle finally puts it all together and, and, and blows out the Colts. And then Monday night, Kansas City at home against Washington. I like Kansas City. Washington got a nice win last week. The Chiefs are just rolling out. Alex Smith and Kareem Hunt right now, Tyreek Hill, he's rolling. The defense is playing well. I expect Kansas City to go in there and completely smash Washington on Monday night as well. So that, that, those, are, those are the picks for the week. Me and PDV, I'm going to run them down quick for you as well. So we both took Green Bay. Obviously, we got the win. We both got Miami. We both got Atlanta. We both got Denver. We both got Pitt. We both got Cincinnati. We both got Dallas. We both got Houston. We both got Detroit. We both got New England. We both got KC, Seattle, and Arizona. The picks we defer on, he has Jacksonville, I have the Jets. He has Philly, I have San Diego. He has the Giants, I have Tampa Bay. I believe those are the only three picks me and Pete are are separated this week. So, Pete, yeah, so again, PDB wasn't able to join us today. Under the weather, not feeling well. So, I got his picks. He sent me his picks and everything, but he'll be back next week his usual slot, picking the games with me. And uh, so we'll see how we do this week. As week four is upon us, looking at, looking at, just looking at the schedule. I'm just looking at some of these games, obviously. Matchups, we talked Derek Carr, kind of him in the Raiders rebound if they're a bad week. <clears throat> the Bills defense against the Falcons offense, which I talked about, you know, that, that's going to be an interesting matchup. We'll see how real are the Bills for real. The Battle of Ohio with the Bengals and the Browns, two zero and three teams. Elliott only with 192 yards in the season. Can he get back on track and, and really pound a big game for once? The Rams have allowed the fourth most rushing yards in the league so far, so it could be an opportunity for a big game here for Elliott. Can Cam Newton get going against the, the Patriots? He's barely resembled his MVP of 2015. He's been wild. He's been inaccurate. He's missed reads. Just doesn't still look right after off-season shoulder surgery. But the Patriots have been just as bad on defense as they are good on offense. And it's hard to believe a Belichick coach team is the last in the league in total defense right now. It's just the week Newton gets it right. But he has some weapons. Belt Benjamin probably ain't going to play, so they got some injuries there as well. Our Kirk Cousins fair against the Chiefs. And Arrowhead is another storyline. If they're so start, he got it going in a big way against the Raiders last week. The Chiefs are giving up 19 points per game, which is sixth best in the league, and a home crowd will help them. Will the Jaguars' defense continue to shine? Will the Jets' defense play good is another factor. I mean, I don't think the Jets are going to score much, but I don't think either team's going to score much. They dominated two of their first three games, and they played well in the first half of the game they lost. For the reason they're 2-1. and one. The defense is loaded with playmakers, young and old, and the corners of A.J. Bouye and Jalen Ramsey allows them great corners like that around to do a lot of things up front. They lead the NFL in pass defense. 
Jacoby Brissett against the Legion of Boom. I, I mentioned this earlier. I think it's going to be a rough, a rough day for Brissett. He looked good last week, but you got a mid Seattle defense playing at home, and I, I expect a dominant performance. Kareem Hunt versus the Redskins improved run defense will be another interesting thing. I mean, Hunt's been unbelievable. 401 yards leads the league in rushing so far, so he's been unbelievable so far, Kareem Hunt. That's another thing we have to keep an eye on. And then can anybody block Cowboys pass rushes to Marcus Lawrence? He's been looking really strong right now for Dallas. He's been looking like a beast so far this year. That'll be another factor in the Dallas game. He leads the NFL with six and a half sacks. He had three last week against the Cardinals. He's emerged as a force for the Cowboys defense that needed it in the worst way. He'll be matched up against a bunch against Rams right tackle Rob Havenstein. That could be a matchup to decide the game. <clears throat> and I expect Dallas, like I said, to come out there and just completely. I, I expect <clears throat> Dallas to really play their best game of the year this week. So it's a game I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, and we'll see how Dallas reacts. And, uh, you know, obviously we talked about the Packers. Nice win over the Bears this week. And obviously, great uh, Rodgers, four touchdowns. But the Devontae Adams hit was the big issue to me. The big question there now is, is, is it time to go to Mitchell Trubisky for uh, the Bears? That's something to keep an eye on. Glennon didn't look great. That's interesting to see if they're going to move on to Trubisky at some point. So we'll see what happens there. But there's the NFL picks for week four, and we're going we're gonna to take some. We're going to take a call, and we're, you know we're going to continue with the football talk as well. But my man, Alan, what's going on, man? Hey, good morning, Mojo. What's How you going? Doing? On? All right. Just listening to your picks. You wanted to give a little insight for the Steelers Ravens game, of course. Yeah, the rivalry, the big rivalry there, big rivalry game there, right? Yeah, you know, and it, it neither team's doing that well. That's the reality. Even with two and one records, if you've seen the games, they're not impressive. The Steelers should have won in uh, Chicago, but as you kind of pointed out, they're one in twelve over there. That is a red flag of how teams, no matter what the situation is for that particular season, struggle in certain stadiums when they go on the road. Um, I thought the Steelers struggled during the game. I thought the Bears played really sloppy football at times, too. But their running game just um, got it done. And that was really it. And uh, Howard, his shoulder was hurt in the game, and they kept putting him back in, and he was still somewhat effective. Steelers' defense was missing uh, two starters on the defensive line, and I, I think Chicago just took advantage of that, and, and that's what got them the game. Yeah, it was kind of it was a stunner. I mean, you know, I think you know, yeah. as much as the record's bad, you don't you you would expect Pittsburgh to win that game when they lost that game in overtime like that. It was a tough one. Like you said, when you see that one in eleven record, a lot of times those type of things hold up. You know, my dad yeah. always used to tell me like when he used to pick the games and bet the games, he would be like these career career records in stadiums and stuff is a big factor when you pick these games because. No matter how bad a team is or how good a team is, if a team has a team's number, for some reason it seems like they have their number. And it's, it's 
it's it's pretty amazing how it played out last week in that game because the talent level ain't even close. I and mean, Pittsburgh's a way more talented team than the Bears. But yeah, it opened up, and uh, first drive of the game, Ben Ayers went out to Bryant. He beats the defender, goes like a football length past his hands. He catches it. The Steelers are up 7-0. Probably their confidence levels, you know, score, soars, and uh, maybe a whole different ball game. They missed that, and this is what's been wrong with the Steelers' offense. Bryant has been missing for a season. Ben played one drive in the preseason. Bell was non-existent for camp in the preseason, and it's like this team's going to have to shake this off. They're kind of in their for starters. They're third week of preseason, so it's like right now this week, if they don't start getting in sync, you know, they're going to struggle or I'm hoping that their division just isn't that great this year, but um, the, the Ravens or, or the Bengals could, you know, end up in first place. I, I just, at this point right now, I don't see that happening. The Steelers would have to continue screwing up. And it's a good thing you have Baltimore coming up. And I'm looking at, you know, their record in Baltimore. If you go 14 games back, they, they, they've won three out of 14 at Baltimore. So they're clearly struggling there. As 2012 was their last win in Baltimore. Yeah, so another games. game you go into and you look at another stat you look at like that, right? Yeah. They had a, a stretch where they won like five in a row <clears throat> over there. But you're really going back. Recently, it's like they lose in Baltimore and they win in Pittsburgh, and they're close games. Not to say either team couldn't have won. Um, they had one game where they really got their tails kicked in Baltimore, but um, it, it's not going to be that easy. Baltimore's not that great. Their offense is struggling. Steals two defensive linemen come back this week, and um, they're both going to be starting. And uh, I think they're the better team between them and Baltimore. The records say they're equal. This is for whoever's going to take the momentum for the division. And Pittsburgh's going to have to show up in Baltimore and, you know, not think of 3-14, and 3-14. And, and, yeah, Flacco had a terrible game last week. So you would think Flacco was going to bounce back. He had a horrible game last week, Flacco. Yeah. He got pulled. That, that, he was so bad that he got pulled. A, one, right? That was the London game against Jacksonville, yeah. Yeah, a little surprised. The Steelers aren't playing that bad. That was a little surprising, being that it was Jacksonville. But I would tend to think they're going to want to bounce back. They got eliminated from the playoffs last year. When Brown, if you remember, just reached over the goal line last second of the game. These are the type of games these two teams play. If Baltimore is not up for this game and make a fight out of it, they're in deep trouble for the season. Yeah, it's a must win for Baltimore. They have to get out there. And get a win, and I still think that I think Pittsburgh is going to come out here and take control of this game. I think uh, I expect a big bounce back performance. Ben Ben said it this week that you know he needs to be better. When quarterbacks great quarterbacks say things like that, they usually come out with big game after that and back it up. So I'd expect Ben to come out firing this week, <clears throat> and I expect I expect mm-hmm. them like you said. I expect them to really make it a point to get Bell more involved this week. So. Yeah, they didn't at all in week one. Didn't shock me because he hasn't played much. Week two, they gave him the ball more, whether he was being effective or not. They wanted to get him more carries. Week three, they seemed to just get away from. Uh, they were almost just trying to hit big plays. 
that like that's how I was seeing him, like going home on a bus with with the game. I think he's up there leading the league and passes over 25 yards. At some point, you do have to get to basics, have your five-minute drive once in a while, get your offense flowing. And I, I'm going to guess that's what they're going to seek this week. Unless the Ravens' secondary is not that good, and then you might see them airing it out. You know, your game plan should be specific to who you're playing. Yeah, exactly. If he feels he's got openings there, he's got to hit them. And I know the Ravens are pretty banged up right now, too. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so like my could pick be is Pittsburgh in the game, but the same thing like the Bears' record, this losing record in their stadiums. I am expecting Baltimore as best they can to put up a fight and try to pull one out. Especially Baltimore coming off such a bad game, you would think they're going to come out better to play better this week. You know, I mean, they really played right. horrible last week. Yeah, when when a team plays horrible, you know, you know what their practice is like all week, right? It, it's almost yeah. the easy wins, and then they don't play so they don't practice so hard. We got everything going, and then they lose the next week. Sometimes easy wins hurt a team, but a bad loss sometimes wakes them up. So it's like you know, this is why we play the games. This is what makes the NFL. Uh, fun and exciting, uh, and a little bit as much as you can predict it. Every week there's games that you know were unpredictable. Last last week we saw two, in in uh, the Jets beating the Dolphins and the Bears beating Pittsburgh. In in seasons where the, the better team lost, I would say in both cases. But this is why you play on Sunday and the expression any given Sunday. You know if, if you don't come with your A game, an average team can beat you. That's the NFL. Yeah, we've seen it a lot last week because there was a lot of upsets last week. You know, we talked about the Bears beating the Steelers. We talked about Miami losing to the Jets. I mean, we talked about Denver losing to Buffalo. <clears throat> there was just a lot of a lot of upsets last week, a lot of games you would expect teams that were going to win. And, you know, we'll give our Magic Mike some credit. His bills look good early. Their defense looks good early as well. You know, I read a couple articles, and they were saying that, like, that's offensive lines in football. And, and they go with the Cowboys, the Raiders, and the Bills. They've been up there. And, and, and I have to say, if, if that's a reality, and maybe he can comment on what how he thinks his offensive line is, where he would rank them, I think teams with good offensive lines succeed. I mean, that's a, a key to your offense. You know, and to be able to control a game, control a clock, and uh, keep another team's offense off the field, and giving a, a quarterback time. Yeah, maybe things are working out there a little bit for them slowly, but your offensive line is key to everything on, on your offense. Yeah. Whether you're trying to run or pass, it's everything. Even and with the defense playing this good. Yeah, I haven't seen much of the Bills, but I haven't read anything that negative about them. So maybe they'll compete. Uh, we all know that the team in that division is the Patriots. And yeah, you were mentioning where their defense is ranked. I kind of remember last year, their defense doesn't start off that well. And it's just a matter of them fixing it before the end of the season. Yeah. But it's really, it's as bad as it's been right now. You never see Belichick like struggle this much, you know. Rookie quarterback putting up 33 points in their home stadium, you know. Yeah, that's but that's different. But yeah, the, Bills, they, the Bills got a big test tomorrow. I mean, obviously they're going to Atlanta facing the high-powered Falcons, so we're going to see how good the defense is tomorrow. Right, you're going you're going away from your grass stadium to an indoor stadium where the Falcons do play really well, put up generally 30 points. I think the Falcons yeah. are pretty 
pretty impressive team, you know, once again. They, they haven't appeared to, like, lost the Super Bowl and fallen apart, uh, which happens sometimes to teams. Uh, they're a solid ball club, especially on offense. It was a pretty wacky yeah. week last week. I mean, I, you know, there was upsets. It looked like teams didn't show up. You know, a lot of it could be people distractions from what was going on, you know, with all the anthem stuff. You know, a lot of teams could be distracted from that too, as well. So you don't know what exactly you know contributed to it. But it was a, it seemed like it was a crazy week in football. And listen, there was a lot of good games. They had a lot of exciting games last week too. So, yeah. you know, some comeback wins. I mean, Green Bay made a nice. Green Bay almost lost that game to Cincinnati. They came roaring back and won mm. in overtime. So At, last week was. I mean, you can't blame it on it, but. It, it, it was a usually distracted week. That, you know, no way around. I, I think most clubs were distracted as, as much as they wanted to say they were or weren't, and it was about mm. the game. Mm. I, I don't know how that wouldn't distract you without getting into the topic. <laughs> I agree. What do you think of some of the antics from, uh, obviously, the Beckham story here with, uh, you know, acting like a dog and all that type of stuff? What was your take on that? I, I got to say, on a, on a weekend where the whole topic is protest, Beckham found a way to still make himself stand out. And I and I think it's the, the immaturity of him as a player. He likes the, the camera on him. He likes to be the spotlight. If that's not happening, he's probably not happy. This is what I'm seeing in him as a player, a super talented player. I don't think anyone would deny that. But crawling on all floors and the dog, and I, I, it was kind of shocking to see. I wouldn't expect to see yeah. that on a high school level. It just screams yeah, immature. His excuse was his excuse was he's a dog. He just wants that. He acts like a dog. Like that's his excuse for us. Ha- has anyone called <laughs> him a dog recently? Or is this a personal thing with some girl he's dating? No, this right. is just him calling. No, this is just him calling himself a dog. <laughs> right. He just says he acts like a dog. dog. He acts like a dog outside of football, so he wants to. You know, he 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 lives his life like a dog. He says. Uh, really. <laughs> embarrassing. That that's just how I would put that. That even that makes it even more embarrassing. If there was a headline the other day. And it said Beckham is a dog, and that was on the back page of the Post in the Daily News. You kind of at least get it. You know, they call me this. I'm going to act like it now. Like they brought it on to just bring it upon yourself. Goes back to I like to be in the spotlight. I want some media attention every week. I need to stand out. You stand out by getting touchdowns in hundred yard days and games with more than five catches. That's how you stand out in this league. It's amazing that guys do stuff just to get attention, even if it's negative attention. They don't care. It's amazing. It does make you wonder. Does he realize it's negative attention? You know, and you you are going to have, you know, contract time, and there's always new talent coming up. And and teams eventually part ways with people despite their talent if they're kind of a headache on the side, if they think someone will do just as well but quietly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I always would look at Brown and him and say, you know, both very super talented wide receivers, and I'm glad Brown's the guy on the Steelers and not Beckham. Brown, Brown is a lot more low key, 
you know, with the media and soft-spoken with the media. Not that he doesn't act silly on the field sometimes, but he's still much more of a low-key individual, especially when they're interviewing him. Yeah, same thing with, like, a Julio Jones or an A.J. Green. Those guys, they're not... They're not doing these type of things that this guy's doing, like, you know, acting like an idiot like this, you know? And listen, he has a yeah. all-world back on him. There's no denying how the all-world talent he has. Yeah. I mean, that touchdown he caught last week against the Eagles was phenomenal with a hand to catch, you know? Yeah. It's just, he, he does that, he makes a great play, but then he counters that by acting like a complete idiot, you know? So it's like... Hey, you know, that's a good way of putting it, yeah. I almost feel like he counteracts his achievements when he does stuff like this. You know, if he didn't, everyone would just be talking about how good he is. And then that was a great game. That was a great game. I mean, Eagles obviously pulled it out 27-24. You know. Hey, he missed a game where it was a Giants offense. Right? He missed a game where it was a Giants offense. Yeah. He, he's that kind of player. A team is going to struggle with you without you, you know, and, and you bring something that every defense has to account for. So you impact then, the You know, you make that catches, touchdown, but then you get a stupid 15-yard penalty. Now all of a sudden, you know, you're kicking from your 20-yard line. And now the yeah. team has good field position to drive down the field, right? So. And, and division games are not time for antics either. That's where you really have to play your rating game. Don't get too excited until the fourth quarter's over. I agree. You know, and then you look at the Miami Jet game. I mean, that game was just like another. I mean, obviously, you. I know you were watching the Pittsburgh game. The Miami right. Jet game was complete. Was an ugly one. Uh, you know. Yeah, it was. I'm, it was shocking. Man. I kept hearing yeah, you say the Dolphins lose. I'm sitting there waiting for, like, the Dolphins to just you – know, it was 3 nothing Jets in the second quarter. But you still kind of always felt like at some point Miami was just going to score a touchdown or two and kind of just, you know, and it just never right. happened. It was, it was pretty crazy. I mean, the Jets – Well, you know, would you agree with this? In the last few seasons, right, the strength of a Jets team, winning or losing, if you're trying to find something good, has been at times they play good defensive games. Yeah, you know, and and when they win a game, it's somehow you know all of a sudden their corners look good and it's nothing to run. And if you're a Jet fan, you're like, why can't they do this consistently into a variety of teams? It's one thing when it's a team in your division you play every year. I think those games kind of go back and forth just because you see them so much. But if you're a Jet fan, once you're outside your division, if you played the Dolphins well, if you played, if you hung in the game with the Patriots. You have to say, what happens when you play everybody else? Like, why do you always end up with a losing record? Inconsistency on offense, they got, you know, a whole bunch of issues. But if there is one thing that you can look and say, hey, this has, you know, at times been successful, it has been their defense. You know, I'm saying going back even five seasons, where their defense has looked decent, you know, good in certain games. They just can't do anything consistently. Yeah, it's... And I'll tell you, they got these young safeties look really impressive for them. And Jamal Adams looks like a star in the making. So if they can get that line play, and they have good line defensive linemen, they get some linebacker play. I mean, the Jets' defense could be good. Their offense obviously is an mm-hmm. issue, and their offense hasn't played terrible. 
you know, this year. But obviously they don't have the weapons, you know, they don't have really no number, legitimate number one receiver, you know. So, right. I, you know, it's a game, it's a game Miami should have won pretty easily in my opinion. And I think they just, I, I personally think they just completely overlooked them. I don't think they were ready to play. I, I just think, I think they just showed up thinking they were going to beat that team. They said they had yeah. a bad week of practice and, and all that. So I, I just think it was one of those rough, rough weeks. You know, I, I bet you yeah. they play again. They they pound them when they play them again. I bet you. You know, I, I look at it this way. You've been on teams. I've been on on teams. And when you're playing people regularly, there's teams you, games you think you're going to win. You know, you won last year. You you won last three times. You played them, and it's like the team is a little lighter, easier mood. And then there's games you know you have to get up for. You're probably going to lose. And as much as they call it, this is a trap game, right? Is the expression and got to really be ready. It is hard to get ready. You know if. You're just Steelers playing the Bears versus Steelers playing the Ravens. It's just different. And as much as a coach and players know this, the reality is it's hard to bring it 110% every single week. It has to be there for, for certain games during the season. It has to up at a notch for the playoffs. You can't put pedal to the metal for 16 weeks in the NFL. There are some games you're going to have to just get through. And, and you're not going to be a stronger in the history of Miami Jets, anything can happen. The records, you throw the records out the window when those two teams play, you do, because anything can happen when they play. They've played wild games for the years, for sure. They're, they're a perfect example. That matchup is a perfect example of, you know, interdivision rivalry where one team's having a good season, one team's having a bad season. But when they play each other, it's going to be a game. Yeah. yeah. They're a perfect example of that. You know, we're having a great year. We're going to kill them. Probably not. It's going to be a game. Even if you win, it's going to be tougher than you thought it was going to be. Yeah, no, I agree. Hey, I'm going to bring you in. Uh, I'm going to bring in a caller with us. All right. Sure. Sal, what's going on, Sal? Hey, Anthony. How are you, buddy? How's it going? Got Alan's on. Hey, that was too. That was Alan, right? Yeah, I'm still here, Sal. How are you? Hi. I agree with what you said, but and I know it's hard to get up every week, but championship teams get up every week, and when they don't get up, the teams that, that set themselves apart, they find ways to win those games where they come out flat. And, and find a way yeah. to win them. I, no, I agree with that. You know you're going to try it yeah. every week. And then when you, you just don't have it, it's true. The championship teams are the ones that kind of fight their way through and win it anyway. Yeah. But it is easier to get up for your division rivalries than it is for other games. You have to find ways to motivate, especially if the team believes they're going to win. They know they they out-talent the other team. You're kind of thinking ahead to the next week. All these things come into play. Your championship teams do squeak those wins out, though. Sal, you're right about that. Yeah, I mean, and that's like, you know, Miami's just not – there, you put that game, you know, as much as I hate to say it, you look at New England last week, right? They found a way to win a game. They had no business winning. And then again, for those who know me, I'm a Packer fan. Not this past Thursday, but the week before against Cincinnati, to your point, you come and look at a team. They haven't scored a touchdown all year. They score on you the first drive. You're back on your heels. 
you're playing mm-hmm. with an offensive line that's made up and a guy like Rodgers or, you know, uh, Brady, they find a way to win, but that's why they're Aaron Rodgers and um, Brady. There are just a few guys who could do that. I agree. And we, I was talking about the Packers a little before. How are you feeling so far early in the year with the team? Oh, I, 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 first I'll say, I mean, you know, people who watch football games, I think you really realize in the last couple of years what a brutal sport it is. It seems like every play somebody's hurt. And right now the Packers, you know, they're, they're struggling. I mean, we're, we have an all-pro tackle who is out, and then we have a very good tackle who's out. It's hard to play a game when you have four guards in a center. Uh, then you lose Montgomery. You know, now we lost Adams, but here Montgomery is going to be better, and the long week helps us. But, you know, their defense is playing better, and I think they've done a good job. I mean, the young kids in their secondary actually look good. Uh, so I'm optimistic. And, you know, the bottom line is that we just don't match up with Atlanta really well in Atlanta. The key is we need Atlanta to come to Lambeau because Julio and Sano are just they're two very good receivers and we we, we just don't match up with them on artificial terms. I agree with you. You want to try to get that home game. That's huge if you can get that game at home. Just, you know, yeah, you, you can look at it this way. If you don't have two star corners, it's going to be hard to beat Atlanta. It's hard to shake exactly. both of them. But that's okay. We're going to get them in January. We're going to get them at Lambo. It's going to be 15 below zero, and we'll see how well they do in that cold, icy field where they can't, yeah. you know, run wild on us. And then it comes down to a more level set game. That's my that's my opinion. But yeah, the NFL has had a couple of strange games. I mean, you know, I think somebody mentioned the Ravens and you know where they're going to be with Pittsburgh. I mean, whoever would have seen that game last week. And Harbaugh came out and said, don't even ask, never again am I doing this game. Yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah, I mean, who's seen that coming last week, you know? No, I, I was shocked looking at that score. One thing to lose, 44-7. Alan, not to take a shot at your Steelers, but did you see the Bears beating the Steelers? Um, I knew yeah, it'd be we tough were talking about that as well. One and twelve in Chicago. I knew it would be tough. And one and twelve in Chicago. Now that's an interesting stat. You know those stats before the yeah. game, and it's not really shocking at that point. You know. No, but it's it still you say, hey, we're better than them this year. It shouldn't matter. Yeah, the but talent level. Everything is totally different. Yeah, and the Steelers could have won. It went into overtime, but it should have never even been like that. I don't think right. Chicago's that good. They didn't even play a stellar game. They had a really good running game, that's for sure. They ran the ball down the Steelers' throat in the fourth quarter, I thought. Throughout the game. And, and, and they, the Steelers only Steelers. scored 17 points. Yeah, Steelers' offense has yeah. not no. been what it should be outside of Antonio Brown. Um, it's just not been what it should be right now. Again, one of those, again, one of those games where – you come out flat, but you find a way to win, and they just didn't do it. So, Yeah, exactly. It, it came close, got it into overtime, but didn't 
they're just not there yet. I, I do wish for preseason, you don't want to risk your starters. But Ben played one drive. Like I said, Brian had missed the season. He still played very little, and Bell not at all. And they're rusty. That's kind of how yeah, I see it, including Ben. They're a little rusty. I, I, I kind of like when they play the third game of the preseason, maybe half a game. And then you yeah, have to protect them the last preseason game. Right, the dress rehearsal about the starters build their stamina. The Steelers overly protected, and none of these starters really played a whole game coming into week one. So now they have the issue of shake and rust for the first few weeks. I don't think anybody has separated themselves out. I think New England's got some serious problems on defense. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but they if they do. go against they an offensive team, man, they're going to lose. It might be fifty to forty-nine, but I don't. I think they're. I think they've got. I think they've got issues. So. Yeah. Hey, look, another shocking game. One of the better teams so far in the AFC Raiders. And what happened when they played Washington? So yeah, Washington, So interesting, you know, and a very, very good point. I think. I think Washington might be better than we're giving them credit for. Quite frankly. A possibility. If the Raiders are a good team or if they just fell flat, we'll see in the next few weeks. I, they clearly yeah. fell flat. I, I know Crabtree got hurt, but I didn't think it was that early in the game. Yeah, no, no they didn't have to play look good. Raiders just didn't yeah, look good. And they've looked yeah, stellar. And, and they need, they, again, so a team like that needs to step it up. So, so but it's a, it's a big weekend for sports. Uh, yeah, so Sal, I wanted to touch with you. So, how are you feeling about the Yankees? So, I, I got to tell you, they they blew a real, real, real big opportunity the other night when they were winning four one, and for whatever reason, Gray imploded in the bullpen. You know, I think the question is, you know, it's the Red Sox in Houston. People out there remember the Houston Astros are playing for something. They're playing for home field against Cleveland right now. There's one game that separates them. So they're playing to win these next two games. And if the Red Sox don't play, they're going to wind up playing a home game, uh, a visiting game at Yankee Stadium for a tiebreaker for the division title. So that's one. And I like like the Yankees' chances. I don't think I like it as much as some Yankee fans. I was talking to one yesterday. He was saying that you know, he thinks they're going to go deep. I think, to be fair, you know, the Yankees are two or three years ahead of themselves here. I always thought that Hicks was 31 years old. I actually checked his age last night. So, I mean, as Yankee fans looking ahead to next year, we're going to put a team on the field where there's not one guy over 27 years old and that would be Hicks, Castro, and D.D. And, you know, a formidable back-to-back-to-back. I mean, Yankee fans, and he does – I know you're not a big guy, but he keeps hitting home runs, and he's hitting the ball, and that's Bird, Judge, and Sanchez as our future with Hicks in there. Yankees pick up a couple of free agent pitchers. CC's coming off. A-Rod's coming off. You know, they got a lot of money, so – the future looks bright this year. I think we beat Minnesota in the one-game playoff, and I think we win, you know, one or two games against whether it's Cleveland or Houston. So, uh, I, 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 I'm and, and anybody would have said that fan. before a year. Any Yankee fan would have cooked that, right? Yeah, I mean, and you know, look, 
Severino, they gave a stat the other night, which will blow people's minds. In 16 of the games that that kid has started, and let's call it a kid because he's young, he's let up one or zero runs in 16 of the games he started, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, no, so, it's yeah, very you could, impressive. Yeah, you yeah, can throw, is. you know, the best of the best out there, and he can pitch the best of the best, whether it's, you know, Verlander, who Anthony Ricefully told me is 7-0 and since he got Trader, or whether it's Kluber, or whether it's Sales. I'll take my chances because, quite frankly, I think now that Judge is hitting the ball again, the Yankees are the Yankees are a formidable team. You're going to have to deal with them this year. So I think you're going to win the World Series. No, in spite of Anthony and I getting into a heated argument the other day, heated debate the other day. <laughs> so, but I like our chances. Hey, Look, hey, Anthony, I was before, just, before I, I was just Anthony, before to you, your Mets point. Before the show goes off, and I know you got an early show. If you don't mind, I'm going to give a shout-out to a really important event that's going on in Canada this weekend. It's called Run for the Cure. So for those who know my background, they know that I've been touched directly by cancer, but that's not about me or this weekend. This weekend's about breast cancer. Who knows, one in eight people are touched by breast cancer, meaning females. And that means that it probably probably touches all of our life. So I'm going to give a shout-out, and I'm going to give a shout-out to CIBC, who does an awesome job in Canada for those who are afflicted by this disease and raising millions of dollars and rallying people in Canada. But for me, the shout-out again goes to Lena. Lena Padovano, you're my hero. We cheer for you every day. You're a warrior. You're a fighter. And people like your family and friends like us and people who run for the cure, my hat's off to you. Amen. We love you all. Keep the fight up. You're going to win it. We're going to win it. And we're going to conquer cancer. Let's talk sports. You want to talk about basketball real fast? Yeah, thanks for that, too. That was a great little shout-out there, Sal. Yes. So, so basketball. Let's talk, let's talk about basketball. Tell me, I'm going to throw a couple of things out there, and you tell me what you think. So, tell me, the, Mel- the Carmelo to Oklahoma City, Westbrook's deal, and Wade to Cleveland. What's your take on those three things? I think I think the Knicks got nothing for Melo. I think that for what they gave up, I think Oklahoma is taking a shot at it. They're a three or as good as any three as long as Melo's willing to play defense. It's an interesting lineup when you put Melo possibly at the five and run with Westbrook and George on your team. Do I think they're as good or good enough to beat the Warriors? No, I don't. Do I think that they're a scary team? Yes, because even with Adams on the floor, I don't know who their other fifth, fifth uh, player is going to be, starter, but I think they have a very, very good team. Look, I said it a while back. For whatever reason, Melo seems to play better when he's got stars around him. So we're going to yep. see. Um, Westbrook, look, that's the price of the NBA today. Guys getting $40 million. Unless you're saving lives, I don't think anybody's worth $40 million. And unfortunately, people who save lives aren't making $40 million. The people who, who are, those are the people who are in different industries, whether it's technology, financial, or sports. I think it's ill-placed, but it is what it is. Hat off to him. The guy's a superstar. He plays as hard as anybody I've ever seen in the NBA. He never takes a minute off. 
he is a warrior, and he made a statement. He said, I'm here to play. Paul George, you have a decision to make, and I'm going to go on the limb. I think George is going to resign with Oklahoma. Me too. You want to hear an interesting stat? If Melo opts in and George resigns between the three of them in Oklahoma City, they'll be making $98 million next year, the three players. Yes. yes. And Adam, you know, they've got they've got Adam, so I'm gonna keep saying I think is a really good player. Yeah. Way to Cleveland is a good move in that it gives them more depth. I jokingly said and I think people would agree, it's not like Wade's gonna cover Kyrie. That's not gonna happen. But no, they're very no. deep. I mean they go ten deep. Um, Cleveland and, and with LeBron on the court, Cleveland is once again you know, probably the number one seed in the East, but I, I, I could envision a few lineups that the Celtics could throw at them where we're very young, we're very athletic, and look, you roll the ball out, let's play. And I can actually see a Celtic team. I know people are going to think I'm crazy, not this year, but depending on how Tatum and Brown develop, two years down the road, you're looking at a team that's very, very, very athletic, very long, and if Tatum could come around offensively and Brown could come around, I think the Celtics are going to be somebody who you're going to have to deal with. Uh, I know you have a lot of Philadelphia fans out there. Look, Philadelphia, you're as good as Embiid's going to take you. We don't know how long he's going to take you, and your outside shooting is absolutely atrocious. Yeah. Yeah, that's something they definitely need, without a doubt. So that's a, that's a quick wrap-up on those three teams. But, you know, I think Washington's going to be good. Uh, I think Washington's going to be a very good team. Uh, and the West, I don't know. I mean, you know, the West is the Wild West. You've got San Antonio. You've got Oklahoma. You've got the Warriors. And you got some other teams in there. So we'll see. Yeah, no, listen. you you got... You have you have potential to have some good teams there. The West obviously is stacked, and we know how stacked the West is, right? So the East it's going to come down to Boston and Cleveland. I was talking about it earlier in the show. It's going to be fun to watch. You got so many dynamics with the talent. You know, with Haywood going there, just Kyrie against Cleveland, and now Cleveland stacking up with some more players. You have Crowder and Thomas against Boston. It's going to be a fun rivalry to watch this year. It really is. Yeah, you, you know who's the dark horse that could play a big role in that series and people really don't mention it? It's, you know, Morris. Morris has a very good track record in guarding LeBron. Nobody's stopping LeBron. However, yeah. if Morris, you know, Morris is smart. Smart does a very good job on LeBron. And after that, I'm going to go back to the Celtics are long. You remember, Cleveland's got a matchup with Tatum, Brown, Kyrie, Horford, Hayward. You know, so we're okay. We got Rozier coming off the bench. And uh, another sleeper for the Celtics is the kid they took out of SMU. Let's see what he brings to the table. They're really jockeying him around really they're playing him one through five right now, so let's see what he delivers. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, and the NBA is right here. I mean, it's, it's yeah, the season's upon us. There's no doubt hockey's starting this week. 
This is the time of year. Baseball playoffs, football underway. You got hockey and basketball coming. You know, you got college sports going. It's a great time of year for sports. It really is. College sports fans, today is a lot of good football games. You got an interesting going on at college basketball. It's not like we didn't know it. Now we know it. It's in the open. People get in handed $150,000 cash to direct your children to go to certain schools. If you think basketball yeah, plays a lot of money, wait till you see how much money is paid for football players to put 110,000 people in the stands and get paid 13 to $15 million for winning a national championship. Yep. You all, they it's all crazy. cheat. They all cheat. There ain't a clean program out there. I agree. They all, they're all they all doing something. I agree with them. I, I agree 100%. Well, guys, I want to thank you guys for coming on today. It was great, great to talk. Great talking sports as always with you guys. And look forward to, you know, next week we'll continue these conversations, definitely. Hey, All right, thanks man. a lot. And for the weekend, everyone, think pink. It's color of breast cancer. Cheers. Have a great weekend. Yes, for sure. Thank you, Sal. Bye-bye. Thank right, you, have Alan. a good weekend, man. You got it. Thanks, Alan, I'll text you later and let you know if we're going to go over there, all right? All right. All right. Sounds good. All right, thank you. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Dr. A, Allen, doing some football with me. Sal calling, doing football, basketball, baseball, doing it all. We're talking it all. Like I said, the show's cutting cut short today. I have to I have to run, so we only did two hours today. We went a little past the two hours, but just want to thank everybody for coming on and listening. I can't do it without you. We did all the picks. Me and Pete, I did Pete's picks. Pete wasn't on because he wasn't feeling good today. I covered baseball. We did basketball, hockey. We did some college. Had Sal and Dr. A, thanks again for coming on. And everybody, enjoy the rest of your weekend. And I'll be back next week for a long – next week, the NHL preview. We'll be doing football, baseball. We'll have PDV, Mr. Berger, Gene Cherry, and a special hockey guest. So a lot going on next week. Look forward to it. <laughs>
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.